This episode of UK Low Carb Podcast is sponsored by Deliciously Guilt Free. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to UK Low Carb. This is a special series with Nicola Howard, a good friend of mine, where we talk about the relationship. The relationships that we have with food, whether it's physical, psychological, spiritual, societal and even environmental. Join us each Tuesday as we talk about a different topic in this field. And if you want to be part of the conversation, then you can join our Facebook group, UK Low Carb. Or you can ask Nicola Howard anything you wish in our live session at the end of this series. I'll now hand over to Nicola Howard. Hi, guys. Welcome back to UK Low Carb. And this is our series, The Relationship, Body, Mind and Spirit with Nicola Howard. Now, last week, we were talking about the physical sides of food. And she's come back very kindly today to talk about the psychological. Hi, Nicola. Welcome back to the show. Oh, thank you for having me back. Very, this this is this is a, the piece of the puzzle I really really enjoy. Great, excellent. So we are, if just to put it in perspective of where we're going with this, so we start with the psychological. Next time we're talking about the spiritual, and this time we're talking about the psychological. So it's kind of building up a picture about this relationship we have with food, isn't it? So um, do you want to just tell us a bit more then about the psychological aspects of food and and how that affects us uh, mm-hmm. as individuals? Yeah. So so building on what you what we called last week the physiological response to food what happens in your body the cascade of hormones and chemicals that happen when you eat we then as a society are trained to respond to those in a certain way and we and i say the word trained because when we are from the ages of 0 to 7 the mind is in what's called theta that is essentially hypnosis and and the, the the experience we get as a child trains us or entrains us to be a certain way in the world right when we become older than about 7 our brain then switches modes and we start being more interactive so that first 7 years we are receptive then we start practically learning we start being interactive and we start questioning and being curious and and, and the way we go on And that bit there is where we start what we've learned from zero to seven. We start questioning that. And then society then either boosts it or slaps it down. And that's all what I believe is all about nurture at that point. Because where we end up with what I call our big people, our parents, our aunts and uncles, our teachers, random adults that we encounter, the big people in our lives, they give us an example to live by. I often say to friends that have children, you parent the way you were parented. Yeah. And they go, no, no, I don't know. And it's like, yes, yes, you do. (laughs) Because we can't, we learn the model of being parented from how we were parented. Yeah. And so we learn the, the, we celebrate with a cake. When we go to the dentist, even while they're telling us to not eat as many sweets, we get given a lollipop for being a good little person. But also just suddenly realized there's also the reverse of that, which is, you're not allowed to have a treat if you're naughty or mm-hmm. you're not allowed to have dinner even if you're naughty until you say sorry and then you can have your dinner. And there's all that kind of linked mm-hmm. with food as a reward and a punishment, yep. the absence of. Yeah. yeah. And there's we've as a society, we've linked food not only not mm. to the we need to eat and it, and it feels good because it does physiologically. We've linked it to a whole bunch of behaviours as well yeah. as emotions. And emotions is something we're going to talk about more next time where you get, you're linking it into the spiritual stuff. But definitely we've been in, we've been, effectively we get that entrainment of 
when you have a when you have a birthday cake, you have a birthday, you have a birthday cake. It's a synonymous thing, and there is it's particularly a type of cake that is that you think about the emoji, the emoji of cake. Yeah. You have a slice of cake or a birthday cake, and it's actually yeah. called that in the emojis. Um, and how we then, as I said last week, we're going to have a reward. We're going to re- when we're an adult, we reward ourselves with a bottle of champagne. When we're children, we still probably get sweets as rewards. And as you say, as also the withholding of that as punishment for you've been naughty, therefore you're not going to get the thing that you've been trained is the treat. Yeah. And I, I often ask the rhetorical question: Why have we created something as a treat that is actively harmful to us? Because mm. it's not. If a treat is something that is enjoyable and boosts us up, sugar is not that thing. It actively tears us down. It's an anti-nutrient. It takes away stuff from the body. So so how we've managed to get to this point, I'm, again, thousands of years worth of, of treating, because if you think back to when sugar was rare, fruit was rare, when you had it, it was a treat because it tastes good and you wanted it. As, yeah. a, as a species, we want that sweet taste on our mouths. We are actively programmed to seek it. So when we get to the place now where we're trained to seek out that thing as a reward, and also we learn that we get comforted with it. I, I know one of my behaviors back in the day was a Twix. Oh, yeah. If I was if I was feeling down, go to the shop, buy myself a Twix, and I'd feel better. Yeah. Yeah. If and if and I actually when I was back in my twenties and I went on one of my one of my diets as you do when you're when you are a larger person and and you get caught in that paradigm, one of my boyfriends actively said to me, "You're really grumpy. Have some potatoes." Interesting. So he recognised in you that yeah. there's a definite link to mood and and spots. Yeah, starch wow. uh, comfort. I've never met a potato I don't like. Potatoes are amazing. <laughs> Awesome. I'd say the same about people, but spuds yeah. certainly. Yeah. yeah. Um, except potato dauphine was. I'm not too keen on them. But in okay. terms, of, but in terms of that, he noticed that. Yeah, you you are you are hungry, and I was I was like in my twenties. Woe betide anyone if I got hungry. It was literally just just throw some food at her, make her feel better, yeah. and then and then then she won't yell at us because I was I was not very tactful and I wasn't very pleasant, especially when I was hungry. When I was, it was like just me. Everybody knew. Oh, that's it. Give give her give her some sweets. And where we then develop this psychological link, I definitely had that psychological link. This is my support. If I'm doing this, I need that. And when I then found low carbohydrate nutrition back in 1999, when I hit my 30th birthday, because I started in December 1999, just after I'd turned 29, I got to 30 and I treated myself because I'd been good for the last six months. We went out for Pizza Express and I had a sloppy Giuseppe and dough balls and ice cream. Oh, God, I felt terrible the next day. I felt, but while I was doing it, it was, I deserve this. I've been really good. Yeah, yeah. Because I hadn't at that point unknotted the messaging that was in my mind around this stuff is the reward for me being good. Just out of interest, though, do you find that when people do low carb or keto for a period of time, if they do have into sugar or carbs, it becomes quite like, well, not an addiction, so a bit strong, but, you know, they can become a bit obsessive about it because the body hasn't had it such a long time. There's this desire to go really big on it. Like you said there, you had not just the pizza, you had the dough balls, you had the dessert, everything. Yeah. Is there that tendency, which is why you've got to be extra careful if you do eliminate those things from your diet? Well, th- this is where the psychology stuff comes in. 
Okay. Because I, I'm personally of the opinion that it's all about choice. And no, if you want to eat something, knowing what it's going to do to your body, eat it, but don't regret it, enjoy it and move on. Yeah. Now, the, the, the standard system doesn't teach you that. The standard teach system teaches of, well, if you're going to do this, you may as well, it's like in for a penny, in for a pound, may as well be hung for a sheep as a lamb. Yes, which is started, actually kind of true, isn't it? Like, yeah. I, I know this thing where, and I said this actually on a podcast recently, if I have carbs today, it's almost like a guarantee of carbs tomorrow, but I've yeah. got to break that relationship, haven't yeah. I? And, and and a lot of the work I do is allowing people to see that you just make a non-optimal choice in the moment. I, I call things like that non-optimals. Again, we're removing guilt and shame. It's not good. It's not mm. bad. It's just a choice. And it's not optimal for your body in a health perspective. So you make a non-optimal choice. Big whoop to do. It means nothing in the whole scheme of your life. It's just one moment, one choice, move on and allow yourself to do that. Right. Whereas a lot of the current paradigm doesn't allow you to do that. It it builds it up into this big, oh my God, it's like the, the naughty the naughty but nice cream cake slogan. It mm. builds it up as this thing that is to be almost sneakily eaten, but you feel guilty after you do it, which then allows you to carry on doing it because, well, I'm guilty already. I may as well carry on. I see what you mean. So you've already committed the crime. Yeah. There's, yeah. there's other companies like that too. There's Bad Brownie and they mm -hmm. kind of very much go along the line of go on, be bad, be, you know, mm -hmm. and it's like, a, it's a whole mindset, isn't it? Yeah. Interesting. Well, I mean, I, I could say I take issue with the name of your cake company. Yeah. Because it's, it's effectively playing on the fact that we've built guilt into eating cake. Well, it's funny you say that. So yeah, it's, it's good this comes up now. I guess the kind of the idea behind is actually that you shouldn't have to feel guilt about any food. You should feel yeah. free just to get on and just eat stuff because it's yeah. delicious and it's good for you and it's not bad. I mean, that's the yeah. whole idea. That yeah. I think but, it's but more you... liberating, not not the other way around of you should feel guilty about some things, but not this. It's more like, well, actually, it's a good choice to have. So don't feel guilty. It just feel like it's food. Oh, yes. That's the whole idea. I totally get where you're coming from. But if you think yeah. about it from the perspective of where the diet industry educates us. Yeah. If you eat the cake, you must feel guilt. Therefore, if you're going to eat my cake, you don't have to feel the guilt. You can just eat it. Yeah, I suppose that's what I mean in a way. That you're yeah. right. I kind of think that the industry. Yeah, I know what you mean. I, I want people to feel I'm not free having no from at that. All. No, no, yeah. no, no. I think it's really good to have this conversation. I want people to feel free from that because actually, yeah. it's like keep your emotions out of it. It's healthy for you, and it's healthier cake. Okay, that's why I make it for me and my family. That's kind of the yeah, idea. Absolutely. Um, but then, but then, I do think that there's a whole thing about guilt on the other side, like you just said there. That almost like, well, you've done it now, so you may as well carry on. That's very. That's very. That's massive, isn't it, for people? Yeah. And, and again, it's how we are educated to be around food. Mm. Um, and that's where you get you at their, their extraction, you get things like bulimia and anorexia developing because of the extreme view of, well, I'm going to do this. But if I stick my finger down my throat, I'm not. It doesn't matter. And I can keep doing it because I can just mitigate it and throw up or that whole if I eat this, then I'm going to get fat even when you're stick thin and and the mental side of that i can't eat it because there's too much guilt the the other side of guilt where you beat yourself up with it so yeah. effectively you're then starving yourself because you've been given all the and it's these extractions of the unhealthy messaging we are given around food rather than it, it's just the source of calories it's just nutrition and yes it can be pleasurable but that's not the reason you eat the reason you eat is to power your body but also, Whereas, don't you think that, for, say, for instance, in terms of gifts and things, 
a much better way to celebrate your birthday is to be with those people you want to be with, mm. your loved ones, friends, family, whoever. Um, it's not necessarily like, oh, we haven't had the cake yet, so it's not a birthday, or mm. you've not had this, you know, this the champagne, so it's not a celebration yet. Mm. And I think there's a there's definitely a like I suppose just reevaluating what's a real celebration or whatever for you. It doesn't have to be food based, does it? That takes a long time to reprogram yourself, it does. though, doesn't it? It, it? it so does. And and I I I so I think sometimes I forget because I've been doing this for so long that my what I now feel is a treat or a reward or a comfort is completely, yeah. utterly different from what it was 10, 15 years ago. Oh, completely, yeah. Yeah, it's taken me, a, I would say, a good six to eight years to get where I am now. I, when I started forming these theories around this paradigm is not serving me, the fact that um, when, I, when I, I got medicated back in 2003, I fell off the wagon and I started self-medicating with sugar and I stayed there for 10 years because right. there, I, couldn't, I could not find my way back. Even yeah. though I knew rationally, I knew what I should be doing, I couldn't get there until I, I i got to a point i i got given an opportunity by timing in 2010 where my my then my then boyfriend went off on a stag do for three days and i knew i was ready and i'd stop i stocked up the the fridge with steak and cream and pop, peppers and broccoli and mushrooms and i just ate low carb for three days see don't you away. think though that's that's what i find too i find that there's a that i have to get my physical right first to get my mm-hmm. psychological so what i mean by that is so for this this morning i was tired so I've, i don't i never eat breakfast but this morning i did because i felt really hungry because i'm tired so i decided okay in that case i've got to get my physical sorted out here because there is a physical dimension to this yeah. if i come to work hungry i'm probably going to eat something that's not optimal yeah. so instead i thought right i have a three egg omelet with cheese on it fill myself up i don't feel remotely hungry now and it means then that I've yeah. now gone through um, a few hours this morning filled up with good kind of low-carb food, in my opinion, which means that the next choice should be a bit easier because I'm not coming to the decision starving hungry. Whereas if I had come in hungry and my physical wasn't right, then the psychological would take over, like, oh, just have something really lovely. Treat yourself because you're mm-hmm. hungry, you need this. Mm-hmm. And I find getting the physical right, and the longer you get the physical right, the easier the psychological becomes because you Definitely. get into these patterns. Yeah. There, there's definitely an element of your body drives your mind and your mind drives your body. They are yeah. a part of Western philosophy is that the mind is all powerful. We can use our mind to dictate to our body, to control it, to deny it. Yeah. Um, and if you, especially if you think, if you go side trip into religion, um, all of the Western major monotheistic religion is all about denial of the body, physical and sexual and even emotional. It's all yeah. about being pure of spirit. So you are close to God and you yeah. do that by denying your body, everything. Mm-hmm. Whereas I definitely believe, as I said, the physical drives the psychological and the psychological drives the physical. They are you. One of the pieces of work I do when I get in deep with people is about reconnecting the finding, filling the communication gap between your mind and your body so that they start pulling together for you. So, yes, it's that whole if you're hungry, your body is always going to win in a battle against your mind. Always, because hormones, yeah. enzymes and other chemicals that float around are going to make your body make you feel so hungry. You have got to eat. Yeah. And you cannot deny that. It's just the way physiology works. Yeah. But yet also you can you can come at it with the psychological of, well, I'm hungry. What do I eat? Do I eat something that's going to nourish me and replenish me and and make me feel full of energy? Or do I just grab a processed junk food snack? 
most people are not aware they have the choice. Yeah. And that's where also that's also when we come into a bit of the spiritual stuff because we are not our thoughts, we are not our feelings. Our thoughts and feelings are the reactions from circumstances that we found out how to do from the ages of zero to seven. And when you can, and this is where spirit comes in, when you realize that you are not your thoughts, you can make choice. You, your spirit makes choice. No, I love this because we're going to go on to that next. And I think this is where, you know, uh, as somebody who's, I feel myself sometimes very kind of firmly on this planet. And so when somebody says spiritual, I sort of think, what do you mean? But I think this is a great definition, which we're going to be moving into next time. So physical is one element to you and psychological is another. There is this kind of in the driving seat, which is actually us, which is what we're Mm -hmm. saying for spiritual, where you actually are overseeing both those elements. And actually, you can then make changes in your life and your relationships to those two things to have a more healthy lifestyle. Is that how you describe yeah, that? Exactly. Yeah. Um, okay. The, the whole be effectively, we are we are addicted to thinking, which I yeah. find a very very interesting concept. We are addicted to feeling. We are addicted to being in this existence, and when we realise that, that's a whole new world. Well, this and is mind blowing. Yeah, <laughs> this it, is ta- like... it takes when, when you start digging into this stuff, and 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 I will fully accept that some of your your listeners may well not want to go on this journey with me, because this is where we start confronting stuff that we don't really want to be looking at. Mm. You know what? It, I, yeah, okay. I, I realize that we don't want to go too much in the other episode because there's so much to say on that, <laughs> but. The, the, the patterns we pick up in those first few years, and I think I'm very aware of this as a parent now with a, a two and a five, well, almost six and a three-year-old. Um, and I kind of think, yeah, the, the impact you have as a, as a parent is so blooming massive. Mm. Um, and actually, I'm sure you had the same thing. You get to a point where you get a bit older and you suddenly realize, oh, actually, I kind of see my parents as individuals, not just as the mm-hmm. be-all and the end-all. I now see them as I agree them with them on this point. I don't agree with them on that point. And, you know, you sort of you learn that. But you're still very much influenced by your upbringing, aren't you, and, and yeah. these patterns. But it doesn't mean it dictates your whole life, though. You, can, you do have some control in yeah. saying the sort of person you want to be yourself, which mm-hmm. I think is important. Yes. But then, unfortunately, some people never get to that realisation, um, right. especially when we, we, we develop a parent-child relationship. And as we grow older hopefully we develop then an adult to adult relationship with our parents yeah but there will always be they'll they'll hit a button and you will immediately fall back to being five yeah because it's just I, I, is, where, yeah. where i've been dealing with some of the stuff with my mum recently my mum's not been in the best of health she's been pushing buttons in my psyche that literally make me 12 and, and she I probably doesn't even know she's doing and it. And she doesn't it's even just, know she's doing it. It's just the patterns that you've had for all your lives, like, yeah. like, as long as you know each other. So it just happens, and then they yeah. pull rank, and you think, "Oh, here we go," just like yeah. we were. Yeah. And then, and then you get resentful, and then you, do, and then, and then because of the training I've had, I recognise actually, yes, I am just being following the mum guilt pattern that I've got in my head. So now, that is what that is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. My, I, I've I've done a lot of thinking over the last few weeks about where what my relationship is with my mum, and it's very much based on guilt. We, we she's got Catholic upbringing. I was brought up a Catholic. Guilt is deep in the Catholicism way. Yeah, and um, yeah, a lot of the things that I do are motivated by the guilt that is the relationship. And I, having confronted that, I'm not sure I like that. But now I know it, I can start to work on it and I can start to improve it because that's the whole point. You, you you discover something and then you go, do you like that? Yes, no. Do you want to keep doing it? Yes, no. 
it's my yeah. choice and that's where we get again we get into spirit it's my choice to then react to what i've now discovered love it right so i think that's a great point to end today then unless you want to add anything to the psychology uh, episode um so just just to recap so we did the phys- physical side of addiction and the relationships we have with food We've now looked at the psychological relationship we have with food. Uh, and now we're going to go to the spiritual, which I think is almost like the umpire, which then means you can be empowered to make decisions that you want to make, whatever they might be. So that's fantastic. Thank you so much for today, Nicola. And uh, I really look forward to next week when we talk about the spiritual uh, side of this relationship as well. Absolutely. it's gonna. It's, uh, but I will warn your, your listeners, it's going to be a bumpy ride. If you suddenly find yourself not wanting to listen, I sort of expect that. Because some of this stuff will be confronting. Some of this stuff you won't want to look at. But that's that's you're not ready for it yet. You will be though at some point. And a great thing about a podcast or a video like this, it will just be there for whenever you are ready. So uh, pick it up in there. Lovely. Cheers, Nicola. Thanks for this uh, week and uh, for today. Sorry, and have a great week before I speak to you next time. Absolutely. See you later. Bye.